0: It's episode 151 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting with the Director of Operations for Agape Ranch, Melissa Fox. Thank you so much for being here tonight.
1: Thanks for having me. I really do. I'm I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yes. So Melissa and I have a mutual friend, so I really met her kind of by chance, and I think I kind of like... Attached myself to you a little bit like at the, it was a kid's party and I was like, hey, you look cool. Let me talk to you. And I just so happened to find out that you work for Agape Ranch. And like, I have to have you on. I mean, but you have been very involved with because uh, you're from Florida. And so you even while right. in Florida, you were working with foster kids there as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, actually, um, my husband and I felt the pull to become Uh, foster parents and uh, fully intended to grow our family through foster care um, which which was a big step and um, we learned along the way that there's no guarantees in foster care the ultimate goal is reunification uh, for the children with their biological families and so um, you know each time we had a child come in our home and I had a child leave um, you know that was that was a big growing period for us individually and in our marriage and in our faith. Um, and, and we were blessed. We, uh, grew our family. Our, our youngest is now five and, uh, he came to us. He was, uh, two days old from the hospital and, uh, we're the only family he has ever known. And, uh, I like to joke, he's, he's stuck with us (laughs) (laughs) good or bad, but, um, you know, we, we were quite happy as a family of five, but then, uh, and took the time to, to understand those dynamics. But um, then moving to Texas, uh, we felt we just weren't done. Um, there were more than enough children who needed uh, us to be engaged in some way. And um, that, that really brought me to Agape Ranch um, and, and really launched my career. I guess you could say, in child welfare and operations management um, through what they were doing because it was the seed that was already planted in my heart.
0: Without a doubt. And I feel like it takes a really special individual to decide to pursue that, you know, whenever it comes to actually, you know, being there and being willing to foster kids, um, not not only be an actual foster parent, but also your job, your career is based around providing resources for these kids. I feel like you have to have a pretty thick skin. Is that a correct thing to say?
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough journey. And, um, you know, the highs are like so high. I mean, it's just a level of, of just... Satisfaction when you can can see the full circle when you can see that a child is placed in a, in a situation that really helps them grow and helps them thrive. Um, because an adult looks at them and cares what they have to say, or because an adult provides their basic needs in a way that um, maybe most of their lives have never been met and it doesn't quite matter if they're, you know, an infant. And you begin meeting their needs, or if they're fifteen and you begin for the first time meeting their needs, it almost seems like the um, the the bond that's created and the relationship that that spurs from that um, is is exactly the same. Um, but actually, in my experience here in Texas fostering, um, it was one of the times I had an opportunity to walk with the whole family walk with um, a, a child in foster care and see that child through to reunification into being whole and into the actual family unit being whole with, whole, which you know, trans was basically healing not just for the one child, which is a goal of foster care, but then to to be trusted and to be, allowed into the space of reunifying, reunifying a family is an experience. I will never forget. Um, because these are children who have mothers out there and, um, to be able to look another mother in, in the eye and say, you know, you're ready. You are his mama and he loves you and he's ready to be with you. Um, You know, I just I just can't forget that moment in court where, you know, me, her and the judge, were all crying um, because it was what I think at at the start, people enter into this to see that reconciliation. Um, And I fully understand that he's out and he's in the community and that they are a family unit. And um, I'm so glad that. I know their names and I can pray for them and that I can guide them, um, through like my faith. Um, but that, that was a side that I had not experienced, um, in foster care and, and it was hard, but, but worth it. Cause I do, I do strongly believe that the best things are, are the things that take a bit of struggle and that, that, you know, they're not the easy things. So, um, Yeah, we've been we've been working in that space here in the Coastal Bend as a family and then, of course, through Agape Ranch, which has been doing really exciting things as well.
0: Yes. And we're going to be getting into that soon because you all have been in the news lately doing some incredible things. And that was something that you had told me about whenever I first got to meet you in October. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that. So. In Florida, you even started a pilot program to ensure foster families receive support through local churches and faith-based childcare placing agency, right? And I think you called it Four Kids of South Florida. And so how did you that whole uh, experience come to pass?
1: So um, after we'd adopted our youngest, um, I went back to them and basically said, what else do you have? Here's my skill Um, I'm, I still have littles at home, but what can you give me that I can plant and water? And I'm actually speaking as someone who has the blackest thumb. So. Not when it comes to
0: foster kids,
1: not with kids. I, I can, I can't take care of pets, but, but I will take care of children, I guess, or excuse me, plants, but I will take care of children. But, um, you know one of the cool things is that uh the team which i now working in child welfare it's it's a blast because um four kids of south florida is one of the leading organizations in my opinion um doing foster care right um they've they've gotten to a place where um they they're nearing i think more families willing to foster than kids who need a foster home um which is an incredible feat and they've been going at it pretty strong for more than 20 years um and i think one of the things that they do well is they hear a person's heart and they bridge them to what it is that they are passionate about and in child welfare i think in foster care um one of the things that that we're really leaning into here now in the coastal bend is success isn't adoption from foster care, success isn't be a foster parent or we don't need you in this space. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, We need volunteers, we need advocates, we need resources, we need partnering businesses. Um, And once we've opened up that conversation for people to know that the gift that they have will be used and it will bless a child. Um, And if, if they will trust us to make the means by which we can get that impact to a child seen and felt um, then there's a lot of room in this space to be able to actually affect change. Um, So one of the things that's that we were doing in Florida is, trying to lower the bar in a good way for churches to be able to tell their members, their attendees, their congregants, Hey, we know that you've long heard about this problem and that we've always said you should foster. And that usually kills the conversation. They said, you know, anyone can do something. So can you bring a meal once a month? We'll put you on a team with four other people. They'll cook the other, you know, three, four weeks of the month. And um, really, we just need you to cook a meal once a month. Could you do that? So many people raised their hands. Could you mow a lawn? Um, We literally just uh, put it up on uh, Agape Ranch's social media feed. Um, You know, the grass is four feet high because when you take in two infants, um, life gets busy. So, um, you know, could you tutor? Could you be go through initial screening to be a babysitter? So we piloted that in three programs. um, And when I left, they were bringing on a full time director for the program to go out and reach more churches and provide this wraparound support for foster families because the burnout rate is so high nationally in the Coastal Bend in Florida. Um, but when families have support they're willing to do it for much longer Um, and so that's invaluable because we have seen that seasoned foster parents are able to meet some of the the challenges um, and obstacles posed by children who have had hard hard upbringings or come from difficult backgrounds Um, and they understand that you know um, one behavior might not be what the child is actually feeling and so we deal with a lot of that um, through our training and stuff to equip people to be able to just step in as babysitter Um, which we actually have some lovely couples that are empty nesters and they're just waiting for those grandbabies to come along and they're delighted to come along and and jump in and support foster families so um, truly without without those folks in Florida at four kids stepping in and being willing to trust me with a little, um, we were able to grow it a lot and into a lot together.
0: The four kids South Florida grew to be a multi-church county-wide program launched to engage volunteers and encourage foster families through support and shared resources. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And what I really like that you touched on, first of all, I really like that, it's not only about the foster kid. Like, of course they are the focal point, but it really is about supporting the family that is fostering them. Absolutely love that. And I don't think a lot of people realize that um, nonprofits like Agape Ranch really are focusing on the family unit as a whole to really make this thing work. But, you know, the fact that uh, you just jumped in feet first and were like, hey, I'm ready to to be of support in any way I can and literally grew this Is phenomenal, and this was all before you moved to Texas in 2019, or when you started at Agape Ranch in 2019, right?
1: Right, right. Well, and I think you hit on something really well. I mean, when you talk about um, four kids launching into this multi church, um, multi organization, um, spreading really across the city, I think all too often, um, when you have these really great visionary minds. When you have these really high capacity, hard charging, um, not going to sleep until this problem is done personalities. um, What can tend to happen is that you start becoming really isolated. We do this the best and we do this the best and that's our competition. But without a doubt, um, what four kids put in my heart is that we're all doing the same thing. We're serving vulnerable children so that, and their, their mission was that until every child has a home, um, coming to South Texas and seeing what uh, executive director and founder Susan Klaus had established with Agape Ranch, it was to a T that same heart where every, and their ours is every child will experience unconditional love and know his or her value. Um we need other passionate people in the in this arena to walk with us because guess what um there are young adults and children who are trafficked and they enter into foster care from being trafficked and you know who's the best at that is New Life Refuge Ministry. Um Minta Moore does a wonderful job and we talk often. Um her and Susan actually joke how uh, their kids get along. Me and the operations <laughs> over, uh, director over there, and so it's really sweet. But guess what? You know, Jana Pinson and the Pregnancy Center. She's a phenomenal visionary, and she's grown the Pregnancy Center to be what it, you know it is today and where it's going tomorrow. And um, you know, we don't want to serve the vulnerable children that she touches. We don't want to serve them. We, we want to strengthen her and we want to equip her and strengthen her programs, because then that might mean a prevention side that we can kind of speak into. So. In this journey, I do see where if a church has a gift that they might already have a recovery support ministry, if a church has a gift that they're willing to um, provide resources or um, mentorships, or they might be the builders, right, so they come out to all our bed builds, Um, we want to lean into what they're naturally gifted towards and 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 make it work and there are times when it doesn't work for agape but it will work for some of our friends and we hold them very close and very dear to us because we understand that the work that they do is of value for the same population
0: yes and that's huge because it really is about the issue that we're trying to mitigate and that is y'all's focus and so if it's you know collaborating with other entities or whatever it takes ultimately the goal is to look after you know this particular uh area and i think that that is i mean huge and thank you so much for sharing that also i think it's really important to note how willing you and agape ranch and of course these other groups are with making something as how would i describe it as like emotionally complex and seemingly difficult to, to get into fostering, y'all really are presenting it in a way that it doesn't necessarily have to be fostering for people to get involved. And I, th- I think that that's huge because like you said, I'm not that I shut down if I hear about fostering, but I'm like, I'm not equipped to foster. I guess this doesn't apply to me. And you're saying, no, that that's not it at all. So, and uh, we're gonna get into more details about that soon. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit because you actually grew up in Florida, right? And were you, did you always have an affinity for kids or was it something that came later in life?
1: You know, it wasn't a story that I actually um, knew where it it stemmed from, but as a child, my my father became ill with leukemia um, when I was six. And uh, he struggled with that for four years. And um, in the last year of his life, um, he was afforded this opportunity to um, go to another state and get some more, some better medical, some more advanced cancer treatments, that sort of thing. Um, And it was decided that it would be easier if my mom could care for him and not have to have two, you know, a 10 year old and a 14 year old time or nine and 13 year old. And, um, and so we effectively were what they call kinship placement. Um, So we never entered into the foster care system, system, my brother and I, but my mom had made arrangements and we were taken in by um, family friends, um, two sets of family friends, as a matter of fact, um, because they lived about 45 minutes away from us. And so, um, after school every day, we would go to a neighbor's house from you know where we grew up, and um, we would wait there until what I called my aunt and my uncle would pick us up at six or seven o'clock at night, and we'd make the forty-five minute or hour-long drive home, and we'd you know rinse and repeat just every day. That's what we would do. Um, and when I was sitting in uh, South Florida, and they played a church, at a, ch- a video at church, and it was effectively, you know, kind of being uprooted and this notion that, like, (sighs) I walked into a room that I was familiar with, but I'd never imagined sleeping there. And, you know, what it was like to have, like, I would sleep with my cousins. And I mean, and these were people I knew, these were people I grew up with. I love them dearly and to this day, love them dearly, but it's not home, right? It's different. And so... As I started to hear this notion about, you know, wondering where my parents were and that they had gone to this other state and I'm, you know, 10. So do I really have this concept of like another state? So um, it really just started to resonate with me that um, they had three kids. My aunt and uncle had three kids and they took in two more. And they added three hours to their commute because they'd have to leave an hour earlier to drop me off at that same neighbor's house to wait there and go to school. And so, you know, now you think about being busy and um, having three kids now myself and let alone managing their athletic schedule. I couldn't imagine saying yes to two more. Um, And many a time I've reflected and reached out to them and said, you know, I know what you did was hard. Um, And unfortunately, at the end of that journey, my father passed away. And so I'm so sorry. Yes, yes, I appreciate that. But they they took us in during a really hard season for our family and they made things fun and they made things normal. And we excelled at school and they didn't let us, you know, fall back on our homework and they let us still do things in our like. I, the town we were raised in 45 minutes away. Um, and so when this, this idea came up, uh, at church, we knew, we knew that we had been blessed. We knew we had space. We knew we had love and then we might've been a little crazy. <laughs> <And so laughs> we did, we did say yes. And, um, you know, the trainings and, um, and really, you know, every every baby that I rocked or every baby that I held, or every baby who, um, I noticed something. I noticed a need for a specialist, or I needed to uh, notice a need for. Did you know that there's feeding therapy for one month olds? I did not know that, but there is. Um, and and as I walked through and and got them to be able to like have full bellies or be rocked and, um, understanding how the brain develops when your mama rocks you, um, is something incredible. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's really where now in retrospect, I think that's, I was always going to do this. I was always going to be a home for a child that didn't have one.
0: Wow. That is an, a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, as a mom, I've been a mom for four, about four and a half years now, and everything that you're saying is affecting me so much differently than it would have pre-kid. I mean, it's just the reality of it. You know, I don't know, maybe it's just more of an, it's an abstract concept before you become a mom. And then suddenly you become a mom and you just can't believe that there's the the need for this. But so, so thankful at the same time that people are ful- fulfilling this. I am just amazed by y'all and what y'all do. I was uh, discussing with my husband. You know, he said, who, who are you having on? And I said, Melissa. And, and I, uh, you know, I'm going over what you guys are up to at Agape Ranch. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing because you hear a lot of people talk the talk. But y'all are actually walking the walk. And that is... I mean, it just makes makes me feel like so much more peace of mind knowing that there really are people who care and are acting on it. And I, I'm just absolutely thrilled with y'all. Um, but I wanted to touch a little bit on, because you graduated from the University of Florida. You got mm-hmm. two bachelor's degrees. Uh, tell, yep. me, tell me about those, because you also have an MBA, but I'm also really impressed by your double bachelor's degree.
1: So... Um... I always wanted to, uh, I, I was always um, going to minor um, in Spanish, and uh, and I chose public relations um, because I was that kid in school that it didn't matter who you sat me next to. I was going to talk to anyone. <laughs> and so, um, you know, wanting to to use my skills and, and gifts. And originally, actually wanted to be a sports agent. Um, and uh, And anyways you know, life. And so we, we took some different turns. But in school, I uh, was sitting next to a friend and she said, you got to come to Spain with me. And I said, what's in Spain? And she said, you you have enough credits, you could double major. And I think that would look really good. And so I went to the the dean of the college and I said, is this legit? Can I, can I double major if I just spend one summer? in like a beautiful country um, and exploring a culture that, you know, I've known nothing about. And he said, absolutely. You should go to our program in Mexico though. And I said, no, my friend told me that this uh, other program is a lot more fun. And, you know uh, you can imagine as a college student, what I mean by fun. So, you know, we all have, (laughs) We all have that part of our life, I guess. So, um, I pushed and through the discomfort and said, no, 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 I need your release. I want to go through this other program. And that program happened to be with Florida state, which is our rival, which perplexed a lot of people. But off we went me and uh, a couple friends and, um, ended up there, got the, the dual batch, the, the double major. And this was in um, Spain.
0: You uh, ended up in Spain or Mexico?
1: We ended up in Spain, in Valencia, wow. um, and we actually uh, were there the summer that they won the WEFA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a great, fun, vibrant, very lively um, uh, atmosphere, but it's also where I happened to meet my husband. Um, he was also studying on the trip, and I went down to see if my buddy who, who came over with us uh, from Florida was in his room, ready to go to dinner. And my husband answered the door um, to which I said, you're not who I'm looking for. And he said, sorry, and closed the door. And that was our first meeting. <laughs> um, but obviously we met again more more formally, and, and it worked out. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's how I came to do the, the two degrees. And um, later on, so my husband was uh, is in the military and uh, started his military career in the army. And um, we were stationed in Texas, which is why we knew we'd love to come back to Texas because we loved it then, we love it now. And it was at that point um, that he was deployed and I was pursuing to, um, you know, whether or not another degree or what should I get. Um, And he really encouraged me um, to do masters in business specifically. I said, no, 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 I'm gonna do like, something more fun than that um and he said no i think i think he got it in you was really a source of encouragement um and actually he deployed and i started my master's and uh shortly after he came back um i'd done my degree completely online uh coincidentally from florida state um and uh and uh walked uh shortly after he came home and I was actually three months pregnant with, um, my oldest at the time. And so we wow. like to joke a lot that, um, he, he technically has his master's too. Because <laughs> it was a- That's good. But, um, yeah, it was, and it's really through that experience, I think, um, that I've really felt equipped, um, to jump into the role that I'm in now it's given me a lot of that macro you know looking at big picture type of things but I have to give credit um I don't know how many people come on with you and then they like tell a mommy story but my mom's an incredible woman and a small business owner herself and um I love know, hearing th- about
0: amazing moms love it tell me more
1: <laughs> she, She's um she's a uh she came from Panama Um, and she started her business by making hair wigs and, um, now she's into like super posh hair extensions too, but she also helps, um, alopecia and cancer patients, um, you know, with their process and their healing as well. Um, but you know, I was, I was 12 and sweeping up her floor and learning how to answer phones and greet customers and, um. So between that mix of like, I think formal schooling and mama schooling, um, felt equipped to, to take on some of these, these bigger things. And, um, I don't know, I think, I think, uh, I jump into things rather quickly and then I turn around and think about, Oh, that should have scared me. (laughs) But but I don't know if it's my excitement or my passion or the Holy spirit, but something just says, just go for it. So, and that actually is probably um, how we got through the gala this year uh, in September. So that was,
0: thank you you so much for bringing that up. We're going to talk about that, but I have to say, I uh, just adore that what you just told me. So the whole story about, of course, your mom and her business and her, you know, uh, I love that you referenced the, the combo of formal schooling and mommy schooling couldn't have summed it up better. Like so perfectly said, but then also you said you have like an internal guidance that says, this is a good idea and you just go for it. And in retrospect think, huh, maybe I should have been more, I don't know, uh, cautious or, or whatever it may be, but no, the fact is you are literally being guided and you are listening to it. You're not sitting on the fence about it, which I think a lot of people can caught up doing, myself included. So I think that is a fantastic quality and it's only led you to be exactly where you need to be. So I, I'm just, I love that story so much. Thank you for sharing that.
1: I definitely heard once that like, listen, there, there you could be on the inside of the fence, you can be on the outside of the fence. And people sometimes feel like sitting on the fence is safe, but sitting on the fence is also a choice. Um, and and there are times um, where, um, and Susan, uh, the current executive director at Agape Ranch, she's a wonderful mentor. And she trusts me um, with so, so much. Um, and it is humbling and an honor to, to be guided by her because she does at times tell me like, Whoa, cowgirl you got it like yes it is a good idea (laughs) but not a right now one and so um i'm thankful for that wholeheartedly i really am and so um but i but i am unwilling to see opportunities go by um that can produce a great impact um for what we're we're marching towards um because of inaction um and so yeah we uh we we I, I get I get to to be trusted to be a little wild but I also get some guardrails which is really really helpful truly
0: because I mean it just sounds to me like y'all are a good team you know there, there's a there's someone to temper whatever it may be and then you're there to encourage and it's just like sounds like a nice ebb and flow kind of thing so let's talk about this gala
1: yep the legacy gala um before i joined the team in 2019 um i hear the momentum was incredible and we were t- charging hard towards um what we all know to have been the year where that ended all things um <sighs> but um still saw an incredible amount of support we did a virtual gala you know nobody really knew how to do that nor do i think we know how to do it now um, <laughs> so um but, but, we had an incredible amount of support that we were really grateful for. Um, but moving into twenty twenty one, I think there was such a thirst, and there was such a desire to just re-engage. Um, and you know, we stepped into gala season hoping um to sell our two fifty, our twenty five tables, and we were literally just blown away. By the amount of support from the community, um, the Fraser Family Foundation came along and just bestowed us with such generosity that the organization had never seen with a hundred thousand dollar match. Um, and at the onset, one of those crazy ideas is I said, "Susan, I did the math. We could, we could do two hundred fifty thousand." And she said, "No." we can't do that. We, we, like, we've never done that. And I said, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it.
0: I mean, I have to the be honest. Up. I mean, I'm not, re- you know, a part of a nonprofit or anything like that, but that kind of number is a, that's a big number. So I I can understand her reservations about that.
1: So, you know, um, it all came together and nights the few nights before that gala even happened. Um, People were calling me and just saying, we have to give, we just feel like the time is now and we have to be a part of this. And, um, you know, I was like making up new packages, uh, sponsorship opportunities and the people that came forward their heart for the coastal bend and making it a better place is is inspiring. And I know that, um, you know, you've been very generous with with complimenting you know my abilities but honestly when people come forward and they give little it it just I can't believe that people would take time out of their day um, to to write thank you letters for us or stuff envelopes or fill race bags for our 5k I mean it really is um, humbling to to see people drop everything so that they can get a mattress delivered and ensure that that mom knows a friendly face for a local church should she be ready to come and um, get plugged in. Um, And and we really did see that at the Gala. We saw a lot of hearts moved um, because Susan has this amazing ability to really share from her heart. And uh, the one thing that I've learned from her is um, as women, I think we're uniquely made to be a little bit more emotional and we're uniquely made to be more nurturing. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. I don't think that that's necessarily something we should shy away from. And Susan does not, um, especially with regard to not only her children, but the children that she feels that she's been called and led to lead this organization and make an impact on. And so, um, I always joke with her. I said, when I first came on, my first thought was, "How am I going to get this lady to stop crying every time she tells a story? Because <laughs> she's not, she's not telling you know what she wants to tell." And later on, it dawned on me that there's that's the only story to tell. The only story to tell is like, I might not be able to make you feel like a neglected child. I might not be able to have it resonate with you to be an abusive, in an abusive home where you start pacing and you start getting nervous because the sun has set and that's when your abuse happens. I Some people just don't get that and that's a blessing, but what they can get is that longing and they can understand that need um, to be there and to make a difference. Um, and so she so eloquently Reiterated that or shared that on the night of the gala. We've got a great recap video at Um Should anyone want to just see the highlight reel. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one thing that that people were moved by and walked away with. Um, and then uh, just so many opportunities came out of it. People willing to build homes uh, for our 24 home ranch. Um, people willing to um what do you need you need a playground you need landscaping you need you know some people come with very strange things but (laughs) we're using them all um which is lovely and and that's kind of the same thing um when our our friends at casa came and said we want to use coffee sleeves to raise awareness and i just said ah sure tell me more (laughs) and um and we got 12,000 coffee sleeves in, in the community through nine uh, coffee shop locations. And when you talk about like small business owners, the coffee shop owners in this town are like a delight and a treasure. Yes. And just, just they they just, I don't know, they're like, they just want to create these spots for community to happen. And we love that. We absolutely love that.
0: Truly. And I mean, y'all surpassed the 250000
1: We did. We um, we raised $361,000.
0: Whoa. Um, when, when
1: I had to run that those numbers a lot because it really was pretty epic. Um, obviously, the most raised in our organization's history. We've, we've, we're going to our seventh year. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that is just amazing is that we know that hearts have to be changed, uh, in order for this problem to really be tackled. Um, but it is, it is a huge blessing to be able to receive funds, to create physical structures, to have tangible programs that reach children. Um, because that, that again is what resonates and we're really looking forward to next year. We'd like it to be the year of storytelling for us um, <clears throat> because people are just starting to overflow with opportunities. You know, we asked our uh, our respite care provider of the year, we named several volunteers, key, key volunteers this year at our volunteer appreciation. And she said, um, uh, I'd love to share, you know, a story from my daughter. Her daughter's six. And I said, Sure, sweetheart, what's your favorite story about? Agape Ranch, because of course we recognize her whole family for providing respite, because her children share their parents, share their toys, share their rooms, and so we wanted to really drive that home, even for for them and they too, um, with their kids. Um, and her sweet little daughter said, "There was a a foster." foster girl who stayed in my room and she was so scared and so I let her hold my hand until we fell asleep and it was just really sweet to hear this little voice with this little heart and just share you know what what it meant for her to be a a, a respite care provider yes um as a child and so there's more stories like that and that's like a real impact to a child who needed it just at that right time
0: so for those of us who don't know myself included what is a respite care provider
1: so um foster families cannot just call their neighbor or their babysitter or even immediate family for child care so whether that's a night out you know for a date night or um vacations um Foster children also require court approval to travel out of state and sometimes out of the local area, especially if it conflicts with any kind of biological family visits. Um, so that's a real big challenge. It's an uphill battle for foster families. Um, and a big way that foster families become burned out is that they're just not able to have a rest. Mm-hmm. So a um, couple years ago, Susan gathered, uh, the local child placing agencies that that uh, license families to become foster families and kind of sat them all around the table and said, hey, listen, you each individually have requirements to train and license respite providers. What if we created one program and people could go to that one program, attend one day of training and be cleared to serve all six of us? <clears throat> and so... Everything shook out, and today, um, there's been some new agencies open and some closed, but today we serve five area placing agencies. So that impacts more like several hundred foster families. Wow. Um, so we hold our training. It's, it's um, facilitated through the Department of Family and Protective Services. And then they are able to say, I'm ready to babysit whenever you need it. So um, the request comes through our office, then we kind of put the word out on the street and any of our respite providers have the opportunity to say yes or no. If they themselves have travel plans that that conflict, then obviously there's not like a, your time is due or you have to put in your, Mm -hmm. your piece or whatever. We really do try to leave it um, up to them. And then we use those same respite providers. Um, We now are holding a foster parent night out four or five times a year. Um, And honestly, I think we could have one every month because so many church partners have stepped up and donated their space and provided food and like really resourced us up. Um, But we use those same respite providers to work those evenings. And those are usually three or four hour evenings where parents can foster parents can bring their adopted biological and foster children for free and they just get to go home and take a nap. They get to um, go out, date, shopping, really whatever um, they need. Um, And that's really been a service in the community that people like... I think on average, we serve about 40 to 50 children at those events every time we have them. So it's definitely in high demand.
0: Yes. Well, and I also think... And this is just my ignorance, I guess, but you don't even, someone who's not in the game like you, don't even consider the fact that these families will, you know, they do need some time to themselves, like every adult person needs. And the fact that you guys recognize that need and immediately implemented a solution just goes to show how well you guys are listening and how quickly y'all are to, you know, put something in place that's really going to alleviate the issue. That's huge.
1: Yeah. And so um, our next respite care training is on January 29th. Um, and we, you know, we're already racking up signups. And it's also a great way um, for people to see that, like, oh, this is not the stigma that I had to attach to foster children. Yes. Or, oh, this is really manageable and I'm playing a part. Um, and so um, Shane and myself, we actually just, step down to be respite providers at this point. Um, just, you know, this, we're just in a season right now where taking on um, a foster full-time would be challenging. So we're just stepped into a respite role. And um, we are licensed through a world for children here in town and they are a great agency. And um, the director is, is friends with us over at Agape and, and she texted and she said, you're still coming, right, to the Christmas party. And I said, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not <laughs> active. I don't know if that's right. And she was like, she gave me a one. Girl, you know, you got to No, This is, this is, you're a part of this family. Okay, so you come on and we're going to have some fun and we want you there. And I said, well, the only way that I'm coming is if you introduce me to all the families that I don't yet know. So that if they need respite, they know who, you know, would be taking care of their their child and she said if that's the condition you're you can come and not meet those families but you know that goes back to the hey teacher i'm going to talk to anyone <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm so grateful yeah. that you are that friendly and outgoing i mean yes you are such an uh we're glad you're here let me just say that uh that you decided to move to texas specifically corvis Christi, texas and of course the role that you're in is uh perfect that for you so for the 2022 gala, are you already planning it? And is it possible for others to get involved?
1: We are. So um we are looking at getting in a bigger space, um, which is gonna be super exciting. Um, and um just uh, changing up the format a little bit um so that there's some entertainment in addition to the the dinner. Um, and then the, the program that, uh, that Susan brings to update on the progress of the ranch. Um, we are highly anticipating just um, some major explosion, a good kind, not bad, um, at the ranch. Um, so this year's, we have the first home up. Uh, it's officially open. The, the first home is up and we are waiting for the city to finalize um, water. Um, and our um, utilities development. And so once we can get that squared away, we have our first family approved and they will be moving in um, and actively serving children. Um, we have our second home. Um, we, have, we have like one and a half homes funded from the Gala. And then um, we've been invited to, um, to explore some, some new grant opportunities Um, Some of the builders in town have been excited about partnering with us to do some things um, uh, kind of at a cost, you know, and so there's been a lot of uh, outreach from that capacity. And so if by the end of 22, we could have, you know, five to seven homes in the pipeline um, funded is just the incredible part, too, is. Um, we were floored when the Meany family gave us the <clears throat> the 11 acres um, of land there north of London ISD. And then now to see how people continue to come forward has just um, continued to motivate us daily. Um, and, you know, it can feel like you might be a foster parent out there and you feel like I'm, I got to be the only one who like really cares this much about vulnerable children or you're... You know, an attorney or a caseworker. You know, DFPS—they work extremely hard um, to love and support the children as well. Um, and you just feel really isolated. And working in it can be isolating. And every time that we have someone say, "We want to hear more about what you're doing. Um, we want to know more about how we can partner," it's just life-giving um, because it's—it's it's, there are a lot of valleys, but to have these people come forward. So I do feel like in 2022, um, the gala is gonna almost be a celebration of all that's gonna happen uh, that year. And um, yeah, new space, a little bit of entertainment. Um, we'll usually start opening up sponsorships for that um, in the summer, June and July. And so we, we have a very uh, good strong list of uh, businesses and individuals who without a shadow of a doubt Want to be included each year. Um, we're actually planning um, a ladies' brunch in May for Foster Care Awareness Month. Um, so I'll be sure to keep you up to date on those details. But, um, you know, we just realized that we were super happy being surrounded by all these like minded individuals that saw and heard and moved towards the need of vulnerable children that we thought. I can't wait another year to be around these folks. And so we wanted to gather again and, and see what God will do with, um, you know, that, that much vision and passion in, in one room. So.
0: Truly, truly that, that is very exciting. So for people who are new to what Agape Ranch has planned and the 24 homes that are going to be built, can you tell us more about that program?
1: Sure. So um, what ends up happening is that um, oftentimes children are sent out of the county um, because there's no available foster home here. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that we're a military family. And I honestly, one of the hardest things about moving all the time is I don't know where the bread is when I go to the grocery (laughs)
0: store. That's funny.
1: And it's so frustrating you know and it's such a simple like who moved my cheese kind of moment but um but you know if you think about if you were to just be uprooted with a trash bag of your belongings and sent to San Antonio or Houston um you know children's worlds are little and that's that's a whole different city and it's a whole different state and you're far away from you know regardless of whatever the cause of removal was you're away from your mommy or your daddy or both um so susan had a a, susan and her husband tim they had this vision that like what if it was the house what if the physical house was the problem what if these foster families that work tirelessly day in and day out what if a foster parent would take two kids instead of just one if they had a, a better layout in their home, if they had a community where they could live and that everyone in the community, what if we made a community center and instead of foster families driving to and from San Antonio for their resources, for their therapy, for their behavioral assessments, what if that practitioner could come down for one day and service any family living um, at Agape Ranch? What if that was a thing? And they said, Well, that's a nice idea, but we don't have any land and we've never run a nonprofit. And so they started effectively a foster parent support group. And then they started to share what God had placed on their heart. And they were introduced to this family, the Meany family. And um, they're beautiful. Francette Meany is, is just a beautiful person. And the minute you start talking to her, you feel oddly at peace because she's just cool as a cucumber, just delightful, great to spend time with. And um, she opened a map of Corpus Christi and said, what's in you know blue or whatever's indicated that's our land, you point at it and it's yours. And Susan didn't know. She said, um, you know, where do I point? Um, wow. She chose, she chose the, she chose eight acres north of London ISD. And then Mrs. Meany said, when you build your first house, I'll give you more. And, um, this is why I always come prepared with tissues now whenever we hold an event <laughs> because we'll start groundbreaking, um, earlier this year. Um, there, Mrs. Meany was with a little rolled up scroll ready in her hands and wow. didn't tell the whole until the day of. And I had to kind of usher Susan back up to the podium and say, Mrs. Meany would like to present you with something. And it was the deed to the additional three acres. Um, and so, between that and um, our contractor, Will Cock, he has given so much to make the first home a reality. Um, and this will really be a place where foster families will live. The children will come into care just as they do, you know, with a a home in the community. Um, but soon their neighbors will be foster parents and then across the street, there'll be foster parents and then down the road, we'll have some respite care provider homes. Um, the community center will eventually go up and that way you can truly walk over to your neighbor and say hey we need a date night you want to swap you know you want to or to commiserate or to share resources or to recommend you know a therapy a therapist or someone so um the vision of the ranch to us really just is great because it will also provide avenues for the community like we'll have a barn and we'll have a garage. And so should people want to come and, you know, do horse therapy or, you know, learn to tinker on cars, like all those things could be a possibility.
0: Wow. I mean, that is, I'm uh, at a loss for words at just how this all came to be and the generosity of individuals in the community that recognized agape ranch's vision and did what they could to help implement Mm -hmm. that's the most powerful thing imaginable i mean that i mean and and y'all are already in progress that's what's incredible about it y'all have a home built already you're just waiting on a few details
1: yeah and i think and then that's one of the funnier things that um you know air because um when i first started working with Agape Ranch, we were still out of Susan's home. And so I sat at her dining room table and she sat in her office and I could see her. And, you know, that's, we would just kind of plug away. Um, And a lot of people were like, she came to us and she said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to build this home. And we were like, sure, we'll pray for you. Like, that's a big old bite to chew off. But ultimately it was like, You know, I don't have to build 24 homes tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have to finish one home.
0: Exactly. The next
1: day, I have to, you know, review this application for this family that said, you know, I thought, honestly, Brittany, I thought, who are you going to get to move in here? Like, that was my hesitation. Like, like a person's going to sell their house or... This, do you be their lamp This isn't, I don't know who's gonna come. And honestly, we have more applicants to live in a home than we have homes. People wow. are like, hey, just take our information now. Um, this is a lovely idea. This is, this is what we wanna do. One couple came um, and they said, we've been looking for properties all across the country. And we were gonna leave Corpus Christi to start a ranch like y'all are starting and you're already doing it, we're not going anywhere. We wanna be with you. And I was like, how in the world did you walk into this office? It's, it's like when I tell you that like in those moments, how like life-giving that is when you're, you know, working day in and day out and you're just not sure if anyone is along the ride with you. Yes. And then you hear that, it's like just incredible.
0: Yeah, well, you you are definitely on the right path. I mean, I am just blown away by y'all. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit ashamed of myself because I hadn't heard of Agape Ranch until maybe about a year ago. And so uh, I I just can't believe the kind of progress that you guys have made. And it really makes someone like me, who really doesn't know the first thing about any of this, want to get involved in whatever way I can. So for anybody who's interested in being a part, you know, even if it's a small way or, or whatever it may be, how do they go about determining volunteer opportunities?
1: So we have um, regular events. Uh, you follow us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, <clears throat> so we, we do put those out there. Um, but then at agape agaperanch.org, um, you have just straight events, and those are going to be, um more community awareness opportunities more ranch specific opportunities um so we do have our upcoming 5k in february on the 12th at tam UCC. so you know you don't have to run in it you can encourage people who are running um, we have a vendor area um, and we have an application on our site um, while it is free to um be have a vendor booth we do screen for some of the items that are being sold um and do ask that a small donation be made t- back of whatever proceeds you earn um but like for example right now we have our Christmas store um is going to be this Saturday and I think we've collected like over 700 gifts for um specifically children in kinship care and those are foster children who are taken in by a family member um and they're often less resourced than a traditional foster family. So um, we do our Christmas store to bless them at the holidays. Um, But we need, you know, we're full now, but ordinarily it would be signing up to wrap gifts or Mm -hmm. walk with parents or, you know, set up, clean up, that sort of thing. Um, The gala will do a planning committee, um, the foster care awareness month as well. But, we have a dedicated group of ladies that come into the office regularly. They're always stopping by and I just um, always have administrative work for them to do, whether it's like writing thank you cards or um, putting together gift bags. I think this week they are putting together treat bags for the kids that will come to the Christmas store. Um, So um, yeah, just check on our site um, for those opportunities, but the biggest ones now would be, Um, the 5k and then if you are interested in volunteering to directly impact a child and want to be respite care certified that's on january 29th and it is just a one-day training so you'd be able to get in and out
0: excellent melissa thank you so much for joining me tonight i am just so inspired by what you and your the team at agape ranch are doing and just striving to to help you know all the kids that need you know care and and resources y'all are just i'm blown away by you and i just really appreciate you and can't wait to see agape ranch continue to do amazing things
1: well i appreciate it Brittany, and i i do have to mention that um what you're doing is is right along the same measure in making sure that um you know what the the, the leading ladies of corpus christi are doing and Um, making the coastal bend a better place, it's great and very empowering and humbling uh, to be able to be considered to be on here. So thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.